0: And the term misfits just simply means sometimes you feel like you just don't belong. Does that describe you? If so, you are truly welcome here, my friend. Hi, I'm Dr. J. Keith Brown. Just call me Keith. And my mission in life is to help my, quote, fellow misfits heal their hurts and move their mountains. Just a little bit about me. For the last 30 plus years, I've had the pleasure of speaking, teaching, and performing as a comedy magician in my in-person events all over the country. I am also the published author of fiction and nonfiction books. And let me tell you, I've had the pure pleasure of coaching and mentoring hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 30 plus years. And I am proud of all those things, but I have also experienced setbacks. I know what it's like to experience true loss and I know what it's like to be attacked within the faith. So, I want to help those misfits out there to truly heal those hurts and move those mountains. Now, just a disclaimer, I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So, if you need those two things, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, grab a coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat. This is is Coffee with Keith. Hello and welcome to Coffee with Keith, my friend. Thank you for joining me. I Have you subscribed yet? If you haven't, what are you waiting for? Come on, hit the button, subscribe. That way you are assured of getting every single episode. And if you possibly can, I really would appreciate it. It's a favor to me, both to inspire me and to encourage me, But also, I'll just be honest with you. It really helps in the organic growth of this particular program. If you would simply take one second while you're on your Apple podcast app to simply give this show a five star rating and maybe just a word of of quick, positive review. I'm going to tell you that just does a world of good, not only for me, but also in the algorithm. So thank you so much for that. Now, let's get to the subject at hand for this particular podcast. And I'm going to tell you, straight up, this is a subject that I have a true passion about. I really do. And why is that? Two reasons. Number one, I've experienced it myself. And I know that when we have gone through things in our life, then it becomes more important to us and it becomes a part of who we are. And in my case, it's a part of what I do. So that's the first reason. The second reason is I have been working with people, many, many people over the last 30 plus years that have dealt with this same thing. And what is that thing? Church trauma. Now you might hear it Um, spoken of in a variety of different ways, different terminology, but I use the term church trauma. And the reason I do that is because I most often have seen it and witnessed it within the local church. In fact, that's what happened to me. So when that happens, it's very painful. And it happens for a variety of reasons. I mean, it could be as simple as two people within the church, um, and one person has some type of disagreement with the other. And what do they do? They go and they they recruit other people in the church to their side, and then all those people begin to gossip about this person, or talk behind their back, or even ignore or shun them. Something as simple as that can be very traumatic. When people in your church family began to mistreat you in that way, or maybe it's a person that's gone through a divorce, and because of that, they can't connect with the people in their church that they once did. Those people maybe are ignoring them or not giving them any attention or time. And that can be very traumatic, be very discouraging. When people that you were close to within your church all of a sudden sort of turn their back on you. And one area that I have dealt with uh, time and time again, many times, many people, and I've seen the great hurt that people have experienced, and that is in the LGBTQ plus LGBTQ+ community. And people say, well, Keith, why do you talk about that so much? Well, it's because I, I see the pain. I, I, I've helped people in this painful process. I've seen the the degree of trauma that people have faced because they have spent their lives growing up in the evangelical church, which I might add, I love to this day. I still love the evangelical church. But these people have grown up in the evangelical church. And for most of their life, they have heard how homosexuality is an abomination and how people are destined for hell who are gay or lesbian or whatever the case may be. So they've grown up hearing this time and time and time again. And they reach a point where they, they are traumatized by it. They, they feel that they are unworthy. They feel that they are destined for hell. They feel that they are evil. And, a, and in the words of many Christians, they feel that they are somehow an abomination just by being who they are, and therefore unlovable by God. So there's a lot of different reasons of why church trauma happens. In fact, it can be as simple as a person who begins to make questioning a part of their uh, spiritual journey. Maybe they're asking the hard questions, or coming to the pastor and asking him questions about or her about um, issues that, that they have trouble understanding. And what happens if that pastor begins to say, well, you shouldn't even worry about that, or you shouldn't question that, because that's just a sign of a lack of faith. So even in their questioning, they're made to feel wrong. They're made to feel bad. They're made to feel almost sacrilegious in their attempt to grow and live their faith. Usually, the cause of church trauma is twofold, really. One, it's sitting under teaching and authority that doesn't align with your true belief and values. Let me say that again. The first way that trauma happens is when a person sits for a long time, typically, under the teaching and or authority of person or persons that are sharing things that doesn't align with a person's beliefs or values. Secondly, the second way that trauma occurs is when a person feels the need to leave that influence. It can be as simple as leaving their local church they've grown up in for another church perhaps. It could be as devastating as leaving the faith completely. Or it could be the fact that they've come up with their own understanding and conclusions that don't align with other people in their family or their their local circle of friends or in their Sunday school class. And therefore, they feel that they have somehow separated themselves from their traditional circle. And that can be traumatic. So this is indeed a situation that's happening in our world today. And um, a lot of times people try to just sweep it under the carpet or try to blow it off or say you shouldn't worry about it or pull yourself up by your bootstraps or get over it or, you know, or, you know, toughen up, whatever the case may be. Or some people try to say, okay, I, I don't need to deal with this. And you know what happens when a person doesn't, well, what most often happens when a person doesn't deal with their church trauma? It develops into a crisis of faith. Church trauma, I am convinced, deep church trauma, real church trauma, devastating church trauma if not dealt with and healed will most likely i think lead to a true crisis of faith and what happens at that point a person often will either completely change their faith or they will leave faith altogether And I personally, as I said, being a follower of God, a lover of God, a person who cares about other people and a person who loves and appreciates the value of the church in our world today, I don't want to see that happen. And so my heart, my work, my mission, my ministry, if you will, is to help those folks do the necessary work to heal that trauma and fix their faith. So, uh, part of that faith process, that, that that idea of of getting you through that um, questioning of your faith, or or when that alignment is off, I think that at its core there's a four-step process. Now, there are minute details within these steps, but let me just generally give, it, give you what I think are the four broad strokes of uh, or steps, if you will, of this process. The first is this. I think when a person is trying to get over church trauma and perhaps and most likely is in a crisis of faith, the first thing they must do is deconstruct their faith. Now, on the surface, that sounds very negative, negative. and it can be, and oftentimes it is. I've seen that, where people deconstruct faith, and part of that, I think, is a desire to destroy the faith or to discredit faith. But that's not what I'm talking about here. When I'm talking about a deconstruction of faith, I'm talking about truly examining what you believe, And doing the work necessary to delve into these areas to see what the answers are, what you believe they are, what you think is right about a variety of subjects, both theological and social, and how they align with your faith. What you do is you begin to take those things you have been taught from an early age, those things that you have believed, those things that you have owned, that teaching that you have sat under, and you begin to examine it piece by piece. That is part of deconstruction. And if it's done with love and grace and great care and and, and an earnest desire of God's input and, and instruction and wisdom in the process— then I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it can develop a good thing. So, deconstruction has to happen, I think, in a lot of cases. Maybe not cross the board, and maybe not for everyone, and maybe not to the deep degree that some have to do it. But, in my work, I've seen this as a necessity for many people in the healing process. It's sort of like when a person goes and they tear down one of the big skyscrapers in a city. Why do they do that? To clear it out, to get rid of that so that they can build a newer, better one. And that brings me to the second step, construct. So if the first step is to deconstruct, to, to which simply means to examine deeper those items of faith, the second step would then be to construct a new faith or a new way of thinking. And truthfully, you'd be surprised at this perhaps when I say this, but a lot of times in my work, I have seen after people do their research, after people go deeper, after people do the necessary work, most of the time, in my experience, the faith is not that different than what they already had. Yes, there might be tweakings, There might be slight differences. There might be some major differences. I don't know. But the second step is to construct what you truly believe is right and real. And yes, it's based on God's word. It's based on a lot of different factors that go into that. So construct your faith. Now, the third step for me is quite simply to clarify your faith. So once you've gone through the hard work of tearing it, not let me be careful here. I don't want to give a, 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 an idea of a negative thing here. Once you've gone through the, the deconstructing process of, of analyzing, let's say that, analyzing your faith, and then the second step of constructing your faith, making it how it needs to be, building your pillars, if you will. The third thing is to clarify that faith, faith to get a real grasp, if you will, you know, in business, people talk about what's your elevator speech. It, what that typically means is based on everything you do, if you were in an elevator, what is the the one sentence or quick phrase that you would tell someone if they ask you what you did for a living or what your business was all about? It's called an elevator's elevator, you know, response or whatever. Well, the same thing Mike could said about our faith. We we need a synopsis of faith. We need to get our head around what we truly believe, and clarify that for ourselves once we build it. So therefore, not only can we speak it, but more importantly, we can begin to live it, live it out in our daily life. So that's part of the clarification process. And then there comes the last step. And that is perhaps the most beautiful of all. Is the claiming of one's faith. You see, once you've done all this hard work, once you've really delved into what you've got to do and how you feel and what you believe and what's real and what speaks to you and what you believe God wants and what God desires for your life and how God wants you to be, the beautiful end result of that is claiming a rich and a true faith for yourself. And when that happens, you are not only healed, but you are stronger than you ever were. Because that which you now believe is truly what you now believe. It's not somebody else's faith. It's not a faith that you were taught. It's not a faith that somebody spoon-fed you all your life. It's a faith that you have gotten yourself. And thus, it becomes truly real. So, let me ask you, dear friend. Today, are you feeling the hardship, the headache, the hurt of church trauma. Has something happened, have words been said, actions taken that have penetrated you deeply and put you in a place of great frustration or sadness? Or maybe extreme confusion. If so, I get that. I get it. I'm going to be honest with you. I've spent most of my whole life in church. I've spent my, most of my whole life following after God, seeking after God, loving Jesus. I've spent a lot of my adult life working in the local church. And yet I can also tell you that I have been personally attacked by people within the church. I have been mistreated. I have been lied about, I, I've been through a lot in my life when it comes to the church. So I, I get it. And there are times when I had to take time to really get through that. But I'm going to tell you, there's good on the other side. There's healing on the other side. There's God on the other side. There's faith on the other side. There's happiness on the other side. There's deep joy on the other side. And there is faith anew on the other side. And before I stop this soapbox, if you will, I want to tell you that, and and I just want to be very clear about one thing. I still think the Bride of Christ, the Church, is a beautiful thing, is a vital thing, and something we should all be involved in. I really do. So I'm going to encourage you, dear friend, at whatever stage you are in at this time, to never forsake the assembly of the believers. And let me tell you, this is an area that you could really use some help with. I would be happy to try to help you do that. Just reach out to me. We'll talk about options. And there's some exciting things coming in 2022 too. I can't really talk about them yet. They're still in the planning stages and the creation stages. But I'm going to tell you, there's some exciting stuff coming next year. But for right now, if you need help, if you need instant help, then reach out to me and let's see what we can do. Okay? All right. Well, I guess that's all for now. I do thank you for listening and I thank you for letting me speak my heart today. And I hope that you will join me again right here on Coffee with Keith. Until then, heal those hurts, move those mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye.